is faster than the speed of sound At an early age you wanted to get out To pursue adventures all around Things got tough sometimes But it's all good cause Tales is his best friend He's always there for him He's his sidekick Welcome back to the IDW Sonic Rundown. So last episode, we're fully caught up now. We've done it. Everything is all fine and dandy. We are now looking forward to IDW Sonic now in a more general sense, but to sort of leave you guys more with one last hurrah, let's put it out. As IDW Sonic was releasing, they intermediately released some specials of various different things, like of games, of expansions of previous stories, and some very interesting specials that we're going to look at that's set in between the uh, classic and modern time skip. With all that being said, I think it's just very base to just kind of get into this and let's get the show on the road, why don't we? Yes, so today we are going to be covering a handful of comics. Among them, we are going to be covering, first off, the Team Sonic Racing special. <laughs> so let, let's just be honest with ourselves this is an ad. It is an ad, and uh, also, I'm pretty sure this special was the first special that IDW put out, if I recall correctly. So, for the first special to just be an ad, and I, I remember the feeling so specifically of me going to the comic book store, buying it, coming home, reading it, I look at it, I paid $5 for an ad! Because they basically just go into game mechanics, exactly what's going on and stuff like that. It's all... It's very interesting, and for the record, it was written by Goler, not Ian this time, and art by Adam Bryce Thomas. So, yes, it's a promotional comic, and for the record, it is technically canon, because I believe Ian said in the past that Team Sonic Racing is actually set timeline-wise between Sonic Lost World and Sonic Forces. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, it makes sense. It's low stakes. You gotta place it somewhere. Yeah, but, but Team Sonic Racing, did you play TSR? I did, yeah. It's honestly pretty fun for what it is. So for those that don't know, Team Sonic Racing is basically the spiritual successor to the Sonic and Sega All-Stars series of games. We did talk about it before in the past, but like All-Stars Racing Transformed is the pinnacle of that franchise. And Team Sonic Racing did feel like a step back from it mechanic-wise because they don't bring back the transforming carts, which I think was a misstep personally yeah the the other problem with it that i've heard from many people is that uh you are required to race as a team in order to win now this doesn't seem like a problem at first but when you consider how individual skill gaps work in these games and ai it can be kind of frustrating mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i didn't have a problem with that when i played it but i can definitely imagine it being a problem especially if you're trying to like play with friends or play online blah 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 right yeah, and, and you know, All-Stars Racing Transformed was known for having one of the most robust, in-depth, and unique campaign modes to ever grace a kart racer, and it is beloved for that fact. It is an incredible game on all fronts with some really tough but really mechanically challenging races, 
and uh, campaign missions that really draw you into the game and, and watch get makes you get good and learn the game's mechanics in and out. So it's definitely a big step back, but I mean, I don't think we have much to say on this one other than you know some some passing thoughts. So let's let's just let's zoom through it. We have we have much more important stuff to cover. It, it's true, and also if you have the morbid curiosity, do check it out at least because the dialogue is like very weird. It's very unnatural because again. It's an ad. <laughs> you, you know, we, we start with this weird, like, opening crawl. Here we are, Team Sonic on Planet Wiss, driving cars fast enough to entertain even Sonic on crazy tracks stocked with Wiss power-ups. Uh -huh. Please buy our video game. <laughs> yeah, so their opponents for this race is, of course, Team Dark. We kind of try to get a little bit of character introspection. Sonic and Shadow are kind of in their own worlds. Knuckles can hold Omega off with his power-type vehicle. Tails can outmaneuver Rouge with a technique vehicle. So as they start the race, Tails can see that Sonic's car has a slipstream, so if they follow along it, they can be boosted along with Sonic, which is describing the mechanic in the game. Dodonpa, who is in charge of the race in the game, he interrupts Tails by projecting himself into a monitor on the car, saying, you know, your cars can do all kinds of things. But Sonic and Shadow, Shadow tells Sonic, focus on your opponent, and ends up catching him off guard with a bomb power-up. Uh, Rouge was getting thrown around by Knuckles, crashing into Omega's car, which there's a slight boost being given off, which Rouge takes. Knuckles says that he did that first. Tails describes that as the skim boost, which, you know, they can pull that off as well. Sonic also comments, he wasn't really sure about racing with the Donpop, but, you know... This does beat dealing with Eggman, who in the nick of time crashes into Sonic's car saying he was invited along as a special guest, which the Donpa just kind of rolls with. Sure, why not? Shadow, still ever the edgelord, Eggman will go down, starts gaining on Eggman, which Eggman asked Dodonpa for like a kind of boon. I don't really have a team for myself, but that can be offset with Wisp power-ups. Sonic feels like Dodonpa wants Eggman to win. Shadow's keeping his eye on the prize. We don't know this space tanuki's motives yet, so just keep observing as we do, which I will say it is very funny to see Shadow being really cooperative here compared to the rest of the fucking comic. Hey, man. We gotta cooperate, because this space tanuki, we don't know his motives, man. And, and you know, and look, the, the I think the worst part about this comic is the, it really is the dialogue. Because so much of it really feels forced. It's like, okay, here's here's an excerpt from Eggman. I sure am glad you wisps aren't holding a grudge for that time I corrupted your entire species. Okay, so to be honest, I can't even remember what all you do, but I'm a scientist, by golly. Experimenting is my whole deal. What? And then he does white boost, yellow drill, ivory lightning, and magenta rhythm. Like, just... <sighs> this is not to like shit on Golden or anything. I don't think he necessarily did a bad job. I just kind of think he did not have that much to work with, unfortunately. So with Eggman going sicko mode with the Wisp, Sonic and Shadow basically lead their teams together to take Eggman's victory from him, seeing as he's in the lead. So Tails tells Knuckles, go ahead with the sling streams, slingshot Sonic forward, and Shadow is just saying, yeah, we can do that too. Only like better, bro. Fuck off. Sonic and Shadow slingshot and propel forward, parallel to each other. Uh, Sonic comments how it feels like, you know, we're talking about velocity a bit too much. Don't want to annoy anyone, but we got to stay on brand, you know, to which Shadow just responds with just drive so with that tails thinks the best way to beat eggman is just get crafty and calls in a couple of favors from uh amy and vector their respective teams come into the game with on amy's side is big along with omo chow and several other chow on vector's side blaze and silver so now i need to ask here 
I know this is in the game as well, but why? Cream, I can kind of understand. She's too young to drive. Fair enough. But why not Charmian Espio? Did you... I know you want to include Silver and Blaze, so there was that gap. Okay, fine enough. But you want to know what you can do? You can have Omochao be on Blaze and Silver's team. I don't know. Uh, fucking... I, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, whatever. So they all use the slingshot moves to pull ahead, collect some wisp power-ups, and they are surrounding Eggman's car. He's not worried. Everything will work itself out. But Tails leads the call, and everyone fires all their wisp powers all toward Eggman, and he's just fucking nuked. He, it's sick. With Eggman out of the way, Sonic and Shadow cross the finish line more or less at the same time, and rush to the Dompon and ask who crossed first. But uh, he admits... Oh, my bad. I wasn't paying attention. Lamau. Uh, that explosion with the power color, though. Racing is so much fun. And dangerous, is it not? So the boys are just like, uh, okay, whatever. So Eggman's okay, considers ruining Sonic and Shadow's victory, a victory in and of itself. I I, I would have won the race though, for real though, uh, whatever. But Dodonpa comes to him and says, you know, you can come back when you get a proper team. I noticed that your passion, despite overwhelming odds, is a... Uh, quite inspiring sonic asks shadow okay winner takes all race on my victory lap which shadow says oh you mean my victory lap so the boys floor it it's the whole play of the game to find out what happens next bit yeah okay sure whatever that's the end of this advertisement it's bad <laughs> So, I think that's the first time we've really said this. The stuff for IDW, yeah, this, this That sucks. Sorry, Goldner. I'm sure you're a good guy. I know you've written other stuff for IDW Sonic as well. That's been pretty good so far, so... I'm just chalking up to say that you either did not have that much to work with, or Sega really clamped down on you. We go from advert to another advert, ironically. <laughs> However, this one, this one's a bit different. It's a little bit different advert. We are covering the Sonic Frontiers prologue, Convergence. These were two comics released by IDW to capitalize on the release of Frontiers. These mostly are set up, but frankly, only one of them. The other one... Uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah. We open with Tails and Sonic are on the tornado. They're looking to meet up with Amy on the land below. ETA five minutes. But Sonic can see in the distance, Amy is already down there. She needs help. Better do an emergency landing. So we move down to the ground. Amy's fighting some badniks, including one giant crab super badnik. Eggman's voice shouting to get a load of this. Sonic crash lands on top of the badnik. No way. I can't believe this. <laughs> All systems, full power, which is about to to crush Sonic with the Crab Claw. Amy is able to counter it with her hammer. Tails comes in from behind. No way, I can't believe this. Large wrench, unscrews some bolts, and the arm plops down. It's still active, fires fireball shots, and Eggman's voice again shouts, time for a change of pace. And all these lines rattling off make Sonic go, hey, wait a second. I've heard all this shit before. All right, guys, what's up here? So Amy decides to take the lead for Tails and herself to take out the legs. That's crippled, and Sonic homing attack the cockpit to burrow through it. And then once through, Sonic sees they're not fighting Eggman, actually, but it's a decoy pilot piloting the mecha, and that is playing a voice recording of his greatest hits, so to speak. Tails sees that this is all just part of a bigger plan, and Eggman is distracting us from getting to the Starfall Islands. And Amy asks, oh, that's the place you guys invited me to, right? Yep, that's it. 
a mysterious set of islands where, according to legend, an ancient civilization once lived on. And for some reason, the Chaos Emeralds started to gather there. Following this trail, maybe Eggman really is up to something, Amy thinks, if he bothered to go so far as to set up a distraction. And we see Sonic just playing hacky sack with a decoy Eggman head figures, once again, mystery, action, and adventure awaits them. And Amy's willing to tag along. They get back onto the tornado once again. Next stop, Kronos Island. Okay, so that's kind of the general advert for the game. Now we get to what I would call the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, there's not much here, but there is some. This does explain some stuff with Eggman's setups on the Starfall Islands. So we move later to Kronos Island, the first of the Starfall Islands as Eggman, like, what would you call this? A uh, mobile base? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like a mobile base of some kind. Eggman calls for a status report. As a voice says, assets have been deployed to all islands. Supply caches have been distributed. Excellent. Now I can begin surveying the islands. Soon, the long lost technology of the ancients will belong to me. Cubot and Orbot step in. Hello, boss. Enjoying your island excursion? This is a business trip, not a vacation. Of course, sir, and I hate to interrupt, but... Oh, just spit it out already. Sonic and his friends just trashed unit D3CO... Is that COY or CO4? COY. So yeah, decoy. Oh, decoy, yes, haha. Eggman is surprised by this. Orbot saying, There were uh, technical difficulties trying to reach you. Cubot is playing, uh, I don't even know, some, some kind of like Candyland-esque game. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's having a gamer moment. He slaps the thing off the table. However, the AI voice said that there was a significant delay in between the incident occurring and them calling, to which Orbot calls her a tattletale in response. So Eggman just hands waves it off. Orbot, Cubot, keep things running until I return. As he logs off, he thinks to himself, he takes the time to develop lifelike personalities in my minions, and all they do is frustrate me in return. Just once, I'd like one of my creations to fill me with pride instead of regret. Yeah. Yeah. The hidden relics on the Starfall Islands are staggeringly advanced. Maybe once I take them for myself, I can craft the ultimate creation. Uh, foreshadowing is a narrative device, of course. Of course. First things first, the rodent is undoubtedly on his way here. I'll have to accelerate my plans. The voice says, warning, AI integration untested, system stress test untested, accelerated timetable is not advised. Ah, but I developed you to protect me and my coding is impeccable. Lamau. There's no time to waste with Sonic on the way. Hurry up and download yourself for deployment. Download complete as Eggman takes out a disc saying, my latest greatest artificial intelligence will make short work of the ancient cybersecurity and then all of their fantastic achievements will be mine to control. So if you are unaware, number one, when you boot up the game, the cutscene that plays immediately takes place right after this. So that's a pretty cool way to integrate everything, number one. But also, it also goes without saying that this AI is what would eventually become Sage. I think I do have a little bit of an issue with this. Um, I do wish this was in the game, but I understand maybe why it was not. I mean, we know that Sonic Team wasn't rushing to finish the game, but they were really trying hard to polish it and make it the best experience possible. So there's a lot, there, there's cut content in Frontiers. Like, this is well. We, we know that as a fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So, regardless, I mean, it's a cute little comic. Um, there's really not much to say here uh, other than it is certainly a set of comic. <laughs> but, you know, that it's not... Okay, but the difference is it's not bad. It's good for what it is. And for the record, Ian Flynn wrote it and Evan Stanley did the art. So, it was all intended and put together well. We are now going to move into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So, we have four... Well, I'd say more like three really, really, really thick... Uh, comics to cover yeah and then we have one we have a smaller one on the side yes so we are going to start that set with the sonic the hedgehog 2 official movie prequel now i say prequel as in pre and then the word quill <laughs> all right that's cute you guys got it all right cute so this was released for sonic the hedgehog 2 i believe early showings got this comic physically and this was also released online this is a collection of stories taking place in the sonic the hedgehog movie universe so it is a little different from what we know hopefully you've seen sonic 1 and 2 and this takes place between Sonic 1 and 2. So we're going to start off with our first story in this collection, A Hedgehog Day Afternoon, written by Keel Feigley and art by Adam Bryce Thomas. So Keel Feigley is a freelance writer. He worked on the novelizations for the two Sonic movies as well, which I also do want to point something out here. There is a line in the Sonic Movie 2 novel, a line of dialogue, where Knuckles calls Sonic the, quote, child of Mobius. With that being said... I want to uh. I want to point something out the fact that um movie novelizations usually work based off like not the final script of a movie but they tend to be a couple of revisions behind the final product. Take that for what it's worth. Let's say that. They are yeah, there 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 are differences. And including those differences Sonic is definitely a little bit of a different character in this universe, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. He's a little younger, a little bit more inexperienced, a bit more of a... I mean, he is, is a bit of a daredevil, but a lot more... He, he's, not a, he's not learned. He's not a learned hero. We can say that. He's very much more like a kid. And I do like this interpretation of him. Because I, I think it's interesting when we get Sonic in these scenarios that, you know, maybe he doesn't always know the answer. Maybe he's a little sillier, a little goofier... A little bit, a little bit more unhinged in that way, you know. Ben Schwartz does a really good job with this role, and I think the most important thing is that he also really plays up the idea of like Sonic being very heartfelt and very sincere. Which, you know, hey, I love to see that. Very honest about how he feels. It's great. We open on Sonic, a little on media res. He's trapped inside of a bank vault, and our boy's going stir crazy. So, twelve hours ago. In Green Hills, Maddie leaves him alone to go to work, just saying not to get into any trouble until Tom and Wade get back from their trip. So as she leaves, Sonic goes, ah, I can wait it out. It's not unlike the crushing loneliness I dealt with most of my life. Yeah, as a recap, uh, for those that, that, that don't remember, humans exist in this universe. Sonic lives with Tom Wachowski and Maddie Wachowski. Seven minutes, exactly seven minutes passed, and it turns out he can't handle being alone and decides to sneak out to check on in his quote-unquote adoring public. But in reality, he just runs around town just trying to entertain himself. He makes a snowman diorama at super speed, making it look like they just appear there to the public. He says that a lot of people think that he's some kind of government experiment or mass hallucination, but I am an adorable mass hallucination. Then later, Sonic takes a donut, puts some cop shades on it, and he starts talking to it. And occasionally, I use my wicked cool powers to protect them from the forces of evil. Though there's only been one force of evil so far. Am I sleeping in my old age? 
Oh, Shock Sonic, everyone knows you're a hero. Please, Sergeant Sprinkles, you're too kind. If only I could be a real hero. A mysterious Avenger with a tough-sounding name like the Electric Hog. That sounds pretty cool. Before another voice pipes in, I tells you, you was a blue devil when you first showed up on my property, and that's still the best name for you. Whatever, man, Sonic says in response. It's still a way better name than Crazy Carl. <laughs> I ain't as crazy as I look, he says. So I also do want to give credit to Feigley here. S since he did work on the novelization, I'm sure it comes easier to him. But he really does a good job capturing Ben Schwartz's voice because I can hear the lines in my head as I read. And that that's kind of the most important thing about this version of Sonic. You can kind of tell like he's very quippy. And he's having, like, he, he's just very hyperactive and very, like, in it. Which is a big reason why this interpretation is unique in its own way. You know, it's not too different, but it's more on the... It's like a mix of, like, 90s Western Sonic with, like, a more heartfelt, sincere, like, 2000s Sonic. It, it's, it's a unique blend. And it works very well. It really does. It does. And I really hope that movie 3 doubles down on this. Sonic, despite coming out of hiding, he says life has been boring since he stopped Eggman. Though, I figure it's less boring than fishing with Tom out in Walla Walla. Meanwhile, we see some people are doing a bank robbery. Uh, it, it's the classic movie setup. Guy has a bank teller lead him to a vault, specifically Vault 203, which inside has a Robotnik control glove, like the glove that he used to control all the badniks, basically. As a client said, they gotta turn it over to him, but before we do so, why not cause a little bit of mayhem? Elsewhere, on the edge of town, we see Tom and Wade ice fishing. Tom asks if perhaps one moment of tranquility can wash away all of our problems. Although Wade says he hasn't really thought of that. But I have been thinking about maybe we should ask if the feds can buy our department a cop helicopter. Why does this dude gotta be such a stereotypical fucking cop? <laughs> <laughs> they live in fucking Montana. What do you need a helicopter for? Oh, I'm not getting into this here. Hey, 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 listen, 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 okay? All I'm gonna say is... A reminder that Wade is going to be central to the Knuckles deep lore. So, 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 so listen, what was he cooking dot MP4 for, for, for Wade, right? Tom says, no, we're not doing that. Had enough airborne when that nut job dropped me off a skyscraper, which Wade says, fair enough. I'll just hold out on the police scanner here. Maybe one day I'll heed that call to adventure, which I guess as we speak about the Knuckles TV show, uh, that call will be happening to him very soon. <laughs> Idris Elba appears before him. Come, Wade. It is time to learn the echidna lore. As, as the sword lowers further and further above Knuckles' head, and he's just like, back once upon a time, there was a great city called Albion, and then it just drops in. <laughs> the, le the less said about that, the better. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, their scanner picks up the bank robbery we just saw. Wade wants to go in, but Tom tells him, we'll go, but you gotta cool your jets. Back home, Sonic sees the bank robbery on the news report as he eats lunch, and Sonic thinks he should go help. You know, it's only 350 miles away. As Tom and Wade radio in, they'll go to be tactical support. Now, at the bank, the robbers see that the cops are surrounding them, so let's get that escape plan going. And as the women lead them into the vault, Lindsay does some deep breaths to calm herself down. And it's not really working as Sonic rushes in next to her saying, don't be alarmed as Super Streak is in her presence, which is probably the worst name he's come up with. That's the hero name you're going with? It sounds like you're, you're naked. Wait, wait, are you naked? <laughs> 
Well, Sonic says he's still working on the name. Just point me in the baddies' direction and I can stop them. She kind of seems surprised, but their leader is in the vault, which leads Sonic to hop over the desk, telling them to come out, very quickly gets electrocuted in the back. And it was Lindsay who tased them, working undercover to let the guys in and steal the stuff with them, and tells the guy in the vault to hurry it up already. So she quickly gives the client a call. We're completing the job. Cops are on our tail, and I'm getting nagged by this talking blue chipmunk thing. So the client says he's willing to pay extra if they deliver it to him personally, and she's willing to accept it, but uh, right now the price is about a half million worth of crypto, which in today's exchange rate is exactly $17. And 21 cents. Sonic is waking up as he was thrown into the vault and was locked in previously. Just outside, Tom and Wade arrived at the police barricade. The cop outside saying that the thieves have made no demands. There's no number of people involved and there's a comms blackout in total. Tom tells the officer who they are as inside the guy breaking into the box activates the Robotnik tech. To end the cache nearby and the pods containing badniks come out swarm over the bank and the cop outside thinks if they can fight those things off but tom actually says i do have experience with these kinds of things inside the vault we're catching up with the on media res moment sonic is trying to open the door inside to escape but the badniks latch down to the vault inside and begin to airlift it and sonic can feel that happening he's either being airlifted or being dropped so Lindsay and jason both think we should just ditch the client we can make way more money with this than just giving it away well sonic thinks the vault is being stolen either way so might be best to just take it for a spin to which we have a full page spread of the vault spinning rapidly in the air discharging son of sonic's energy and inadvertently creates an air vacuum the coppers have to run from the scene the drones can't hold on like this and drop the vault breaks on contact with the ground the robbers think whatever's inside the vault's not going to last any longer so maybe let's just go in take what we can and just book it right Final shot, Sonic deciding the best way out to see if maybe I can just use my head and see if it's as hard as Maddie says it is. Spin dashes his way out, blasting the door down, tells the robbers, all right, we can do this the easy way or the hard way, traveled by Hedgehog the Unkillable. Wow, that's a pretty intense name as uh, the robbers say, is is that supposed to intimidate us? What? To avenging vigilante, <laughs> uh, as uh, Lindsay puts on the glove, saying, keep running that mouth, furball. Wade and Tom, however, are fucking around in the car, looking for something, as they eventually reach for a fishing rod. Tom saying, doesn't anybody realize that I am on my vacation, as he uses the fishing rod to blow up? one of the badniks. Sonic tries to talk the robbers down. Hey, hey, come on, you wouldn't shoot an endangered species, would you? Oh, who am I kidding? You'll never have the chance to even open fire. Leading Sonic to run rapidly around them, quickly wearing them down, saying no one will ever believe that you were defeated by a three-foot-tall hedgehog. Sonic asks the dude Jason, where did you hear about this tech? And he just swears up and down, uh, look, we heard about it on the dark web, I swear. But Lindsay admits that she found a hookup and orders the badniks to get Sonic. But the badnik ends up attacking her. Sonic figures that these things have only only ever listened to one guy before and he was not exactly too fond on sharing well everybody out telling people don't tell anyone about me i'm on low profile all right thanks thanks so much love you guys thank you <laughs> he's uh he, he specifically says really folks you've been great bank hostages <laughs> <laughs> so tom goes in demanding the robbers an unconditional surrender and they do no questions asked sonic runs off to see if any of the eggman wannabes slipped away uh, one of which was Lindsay, as she was falling from the sky with a bad nick sonic catches her says you don't deserve a broken neck but uh, uh she may have just been doing this just to let the bad nick escape but for now day's been saved wrongs have been righted banks still broken though so Lindsay 
Lindsay will be put away, beaten by Blue Justice, which... It's like, okay, you know what, dude? I'll surrender if you just stop talking, okay? <laughs> Finally, the Batnik is seen leaving, airdropping the control job to one Agent Stone in the shadows. Good to see this is not in the hands of someone so basic. Yo, all right, we got. Well, can we can we talk about Agent Stone for a second, dude? What a character! I did not expect this universe to give Eggman a snivelly type mascot like next to him. But Agent Stone is unique. He's like an Eggman fanboy that's just like obsessed with the Doctor. It's really cool. Yeah, it's very interesting to look at, you know, Agent Stone and see he's kind of like an amalgamation of like all of Eggman's henchmen in like previous bits. He is competent, much like, uh, I guess maybe more like Boko and Deco competent but he does have that sort of like whimpering submissive personality like snively and eggman fanboy starline of course although i think the movie was in production before starline was revealed as a character so let's chalk that up as a coincidence but no yeah he is a great character and he serves as a great foil to eggman in the movie yeah and uh the humor that that is is done with him is a plus it's really good generally he's great uh big fan of the he's <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was a lot of improv. Definitely he and Jim Carrey have a great chemistry on screen together. And I know that this is maybe not exactly the best place to talk about this, but Jim Carrey, after the release of Sonic 2, said he was maybe interested in retiring from acting. So the director of the Sonic movies has said, though, that hopefully we can just give Jim Carrey a good script and convince him to come back, which I, I really do hope happens because Jim Carrey in this role is like a masterclass. You can tell he really loves playing Eggman. Yeah, he he hits a, especially in Sonic 2, he hits that mad doctor aesthetic perfectly. There is one thing I do hope Sonic 3 addresses if Carrie comes back. I need I need the sinister side. I need that fucked up side of Eggman to really come out. But like he's got the he's got the the mad doctor persona down so perfectly. Tom and Wade pat themselves on the back for good work. The cop that they're with has no idea what's going on, but we'll thank them with a batch of a dozen donuts anyway for sharing. But they open the box, uh, it's all empty. When we see Sonic running home with a stash of donuts in his hand, stuff in his mouth. And that's the end of our first story. Yes. Pretty good start. Um, yeah. I, it's cute. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of, of the prequel, and it does foreshadow the opening of Sonic 2. And with that being said, I do like this next story a lot, too, because, again, it leads into Sonic 2. So, next story, The Secret of My Distress, written by Feigley and art by Tracy Yardley. Yeah. <laughs> and there is no Sonic in this story. It is all human characters. So this starts off where we saw Stone at the end of the last story. He gets the glove and has revealed he has found the manifesto of one Dr. Robotnik, by which is a step-by-step -step plan to infiltrate an existing establishment by pitting the existing people against them. Stone starts by taking a job at a local coffee shop, makes minimum wage, and to an over-demanding owner named Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And an asshole assistant manager. Robotnik describes people like this as those convinced of their own superiority despite showing no skills, which, um, fair call. Fair call. Then there are the bootlickers based. 
Too dumb to gun for potential leadership. The Strivers. That is bullshit, Blaze. No, I, I can't. That That's a horrible joke. I'm so sorry for that one. Uh, C plus. Yeah, that's, that's a C, C, C plus, yeah. <laughs> They're cannon fodder, basically. So we see Agent Stone making care in his specialty blend with steamed goat's milk. She takes a sip of it and spits in his face, saying it tastes like cottage cheese. Robotnik's notes in the corner say, don't even bother trying to make yourself among them. The only solution to faulty programming is deletion and replacement. One of his co-workers tries to cheer him up, trying to self-promo his podcast to him to pass the time, which I don't appreciate this call out. I, the stone will not entertain himself with the prattle of the masses. Give me a week and I will control everything in this place and Karen will bow to my power. Dude, that's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> he is going to dismantle the establishment. He's, he's very based. Stone's other co-worker saying, yo, I got a family function on the weekend. Can you cover me? Which he accepts with no question. Come Sunday though, she's just chilling at the beach thinking she played him. But uh, unknown to her, a badnik has broken into her car and is cutting wires. Monday, she's nowhere to be found. And Karen tells Stone to cover her slack and gives him the keys to the store. Not one dollar from the register will be missing. And assistant manager basically tells Stone, I'm not fooling with you. He's got his eye on him. But Stone says, hey, look, I'm just looking to work my job. But uh, we'll work with a few, you know, upgrades. A leading the next day, the assistant manager gets abducted by badniks, to which Karen once again goes on her Karen-type beat, no one wants to work anymore, haha, -ha, and tells Stone to pick up the slack. No slowing down on production. To which then we see the final part of the manifesto. Mercy is for animals, but you may need to make convenient alliances. This results in the one co-worker left, worried how people just seem like they're dropping like fine, but Stone assures him, you just have not crossed the wrong people yet. Then on Thursday, Karen's home is raided by the feds, arrested for money laundering. <laughs> okay. Uh, on Friday, Karen makes the one call to the coffee shop. As Stone says, a true shame that anonymous tip proved your crimes were an open and shut case, Karen. But don't worry about the coffee shop. It's in much better hands now. Hangs up. And on Saturday, Stone has taken full control of the coffee shop. Everything's in work in order, we may need some new equipment, and potentially even a new name, as Robotnik's manifesto says that by now, all those left should fall in line behind you. Then, you are ready for phase two. Actually, pretty neat. Pretty neat story. So, this whole comic basically explains why Stone was the sole person in the latte shop and why he essentially, you know, used it as a base for Robotnik's operation. So, this is a pretty cool way to set that up. Also, you know, reading it, you get a little bit more insight into this universe's Eggman, his thoughts, his feelings, you know. And, and, you know, we get to see how Stone really abides by that and how he's on the same wavelength and really takes the Doctor's, you know, words to heart. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see Stone's mentality and his relationship even with Eggman here. But yeah, great story. Love that. And now our story C, Always Bet on Red. Written by Feigley again and art by Evan Stanley. We open on a mysterious planet, the Hedgehog. He's the key to everything. He's the reason I'm investigating the most desolate corners of the galaxy, and he is my one chance to restore what was lost. They say my people used to track in packs, but alone or not, I know I can find him. As Knuckles the Echidna exits the warp ring. Now, Knuckles in this universe is of course voiced by the one and only Idris Elba. Um, he did an immaculate job 
as 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 the echidna. There is some lore <laughs> uh, that may or may not be referencing old stuff. Hence our joke about the sword of Damocles. Let's just let's, let's smile, just smile, smile. Yeah, all all smiles. Um, but yeah, I love Knuckles in this universe. I love that he is very much in that same sort of line as Sonic is, where he is very, I guess his personality is very defined, but the influence of other people changes him. While his core traits have not really changed, you know, the gobbleness and the, the willingness to do whatever it takes to accomplish his goal, right? Right. We see Knuckles climbing around near an active volcano and feels a rumble, leading him to dislatch from the wall he was climbing on and gets hit on the head with a rock and falls into a ravine. He then comments, no one can survive out here. Not my hunters, nor the scavenger scum that give his kind a bad name. So that is also another piece of lore that we find in this alone. If you remember at the beginning of the movie, Knuckles finds Eggman on the mushroom planet with those scavengers, essentially. So scavenger scum that give his kind a bad name. So I guess this is to imply Knuckles is technically not the last echidna, but more so the last of the Knuckles clan, if you will. Yeah, the original Echidnas, right? Because the implication that's being made here is that maybe the scavengers have taken on the Echidna name, but they are not necessarily Echidnas, you know? So speaking of, those scavengers walk out from a ring portal, find Knuckles, and bind his hands and drag him with them. To which then we see another locale, Casino Night, with people being directed to the arena to bet on the main event. And if you look close in this area, uh, Vector and Espio are in the background on the roulette tables. The announcer declares the challenger, none other than the last of the echidnas, and the champion, a giant hydra lobster thing. Knuckles can just barely dodge it, being able to break free from his binds to make it an even fight. He fills himself with his inner power and is able to beat the monster down in just one punch and is deemed the winner. As a result, Knuckles gets the prize pool of gold, thinking even though it always feels good to best the beast, it's not the win I was looking for. And even goes so far, he says, to betray my own instincts. This might be a job I cannot do alone. And then goes to the scavengers who found them and hires them to help him track Sonic down and lead him to his target. That's the end of our story with our man Nux. Um, again, uh, a nice story. Uh, this one's a little smaller, but again, it's it's another insight into Movie Knuckles' uh, sort of personality, his 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 feelings on things. It's just it's good. It's good. So that's that story done. And our next story, two for the road. Again, Feely and Stanley are our creative team. And this one focuses on Tails, our boy Tails. He arrives through a ring portal to Green Hill Zone, Sonic's original home looking for Sonic, and he has to find him. He started his search here because he knows that people haven't come around in years. It's considered sacred ground now the place where Longclaw fell. So this is also another piece of interesting, like, question. So we know that Sonic had a very motherly relationship with Longclaw, but I guess other people see her as a more deific figure, which is not something that's ever expanded upon. Yeah, so there is... uh, (laughs) There is... There's some some minor lore in the film that talks about the the great... even saying it is oh my god yeah i I feel the sword above my head yeah 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 you feel it right so there is some notes in the movie about the great echidna war that took place between the echidnas and the owls long claw was one of those owls and in the first film the echidnas came for long claw so yeah 
Maybe movie three gives us more deep lore. (laughs) Well, Tails sees all this and thinks it's hard to think all this happened when Sonic was just a kid and even comes across a drawing that Sonic made when he was younger and is able to record his energy signature. Thankfully with this, I can track Sonic anywhere in the universe. It's going to be hard, like looking for a needle in 10,000 haystacks, but... Thankfully, I can narrow it down to just a handful of planets. So he flips a warp ring and leads him to Marble Garden, saying most civilizations tend to avoid this place, but there is a strong energy signature here. However, Tails comes across one lone person here, a reptilian person named Rava the Destroyer, and attacks Tails for entering his domain. Between an attack from him and the lava, Tails just flies away to safety, and just, no, I don't want to deal with this. Now, I suspect... That this character, Rava the Destroyer, is actually a reference to a scrapped character from the first movie. When the movie was first coming out, one of the earliest plot synopses described a secondary antagonist, which was a reptilian hunter character who, this guy seems to match that description. Yeah, I think it makes sense why he was not included, because frankly, I don't think he fits the tone of the film. Yeah, no. Inside a temple, Tails makes his way through, but it's not a signature he's following, but he notices he's being tracked. So let's see if they can follow me as fast as I can follow Sonic. So then he flips rings through and is rapidly running through Spring Yard, Aquatic Ruin, back to Spring Yard, then Labyrinth Zone. As it turns out, all the energy signatures were leftover traces of chaos energy for when these places became ruins. Hopefully the next world can be a bit more lively. Flips the ring and is led into Hilltop Zone, another dead end. So Tails thinks, really, we've got strong energy traces around nearby planets, and there's an unusually strong spike from this mushroom planet and some backwater planet called... Earth? But Tails notices another alert from his Miles Electric. I'm about to be found again. So decides to take the risk, plunges toward Earth just before those tracking him arrive, which happen to be the Scavengers along with Knuckles, who tells them the person they're tracking is not our target. But... I have one more place to find a lead. So that's a very interesting end to kind of converge on those two points. Because now we notice the next scene following is the post credit scene of Sonic Movie 1 where Tails arrives. And this kind of follows through on Knuckles tracking energy signatures looking for Sonic. Very interesting way. It is definitely a little interesting and now this leads us to our final story mushroom with a view feely and yardley our creative team and of course this is focusing on dr eggman we begin as eggman recounts the situation here's the sitch uninhabited planet no resources no supplies no apparent way home a lesser man would die here i'll be home by christmas (laughs) No doubt that snarking blue menace thinks he's defeating me, thinks I'm not better than any of the pusillanimous peons that inhabit Earth. But I'll show him. I'll show them all. The elegant mind of Robotnik will survive this lonely spheroid through a rigorous regiment of computational thinking. Of course, even a physique as mechanically flawless as mine still requires sustenance. Eggman then takes a pickup of a blue mushroom. Zounds! That's not only animals, it's almost groovy (laughs) (laughs) he thinks that these chemically rich fungi may sustain him while i rebuild my egg pod and he's slowly picking up mushrooms which lead him to a cave and contains what he calls the mother load of mushrooms he picks more mushrooms and his finger gets snipped by a mushroom with teeth and tries to smush it with his boot trying to support himself with the other wall of the cave and those more venus flytrap kind of mushrooms are biting at his hand hey mindless munchers i will not be consumed here 
I am the boar. You are the truffles. And he's quickly swarmed by those flytrap of mushrooms and is nearly submerged in them. But he pushes on and he activates a flamethrower mode from his jet fuel pod. It's firing on. It's roasted portobello on the menu tonight. He burns the cave down knowing he will have to destroy anything that gets in his way on this planet. And I will get to Earth and I'll finally get that hedgehog. 200 days until Christmas. <laughs> so that is the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 prequel comic. That's pretty good. I do also want to point out, it was reported before that this, you know, this release first occurred, that this story, this one story in particular, was apparently pitched by Jim Carrey himself. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, some people misreported that he wrote it, but what really happened is that apparently, I'm not 100% sure about this, he heard that IDW was doing this prequel comic, he gave this idea to his agent, then his agent called up IDW saying, can you guys do something with this, and this is the result. Wow. That's really fucking cool. So goes to show, Jim Carrey just really loves doing this character. Hey, I mean, like, we, we've seen the, again, we've seen the Mad Doctor aesthetic, but I really need him to channel that sinister side, you know. That's the one part of Eggman that I always love. I love when Eggman is a threat, and nothing would make me happier to see that come back in live-action form, you know. But we have finished the movie prequel, and now we move on to our main event. Once upon a time, there was a comic called Sonic Mega Drive. I remember that comic. It was really fucking good. So what if they did a pseudo remake of it? I think it'd be pretty good. And today we have that answer. The Sonic the Hedgehog 30th anniversary special is a classic focused story. And we're not talking short. This thing is an arc's worth of content. It is. And you know what? When this was originally announced, it was actually announced to be a, like, a miniseries. This was supposed to be four issues in one. This is four issues in one, effectively, from what I can tell, because it is very lengthy. Yes. So, this is essentially a Scrapnik Island, an imposter syndrome. This is another one of those. Which means we are giving it the full arc treatment. It is cut formally, the story is called Seasons of Chaos. With writing being done by Ian Flynn and art worked on by Hammerstrom, Roethlisberger, and Tracy Yardley. So we open the first of our four zones, Spring Valley Zone, with Sonic, Tails, and Amy in their younger incarnations. Classic, as always, a cute and adorable way to depict them i'm really happy that they chose the classic aesthetic because as much as i love the modern stuff it is always good to see classic sonic the classic aesthetic because it definitely has its own charm yes and to make something clear it is confirmed now for both idw and the games that the whole parallel alternate universe that was explained in forces is retconned this story and the following stories take place in the recent past set in between the time skip from Sonic Mania to Sonic Adventure, just to be perfectly clear. Yeah, because that time skip is sort of uncharted territory, as has been multiply explained, right? Because we have Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic, C Sonic 1, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic & Knuckles, Mania forces. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's technically not real. And then we have time skip adventure so 
this takes place in that era, which is their kind of gray area to work on more classic stuff. As they're running through Spring Valley, they just happen upon the green Chaos Emerald. It's just sitting in the middle of a bed of flowers. You normally don't see these things out in the open. To which Sonic is about to do the whole, don't mind if I do, but just as he's about to grab it, something zooms past him, taking the Emerald. That being Metal Sonic, and Sonic is actually kind of stoked to see him. Ooh, are you here for a fight or a race or a race fight? Huh? But Metal does not respond and ends up just boosting away, leading Sonic to chase after him and Amy and Tails running behind him. Amy, I need a boost. You're a wonderful person and people say nice things about you. Vertically. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that line so much. Um, I, I should also mention, I, I feel like we need to mention the art. The art is so cute. It's so cute. They really nailed that Toei Sonic aesthetic and really leaned into it. Like, the characters just look so good. I love it. They look great. The colors are so vibrant. Whatever you could imagine classic Sonic to be like, this is it. This is it. And I feel like that is very important that the colors are bright and they pop because that is part of the classic aesthetic. Bright colors, very, very, very saturated in a way that fits in with the tone of everything else. Like it really captures that vibe. And I love that the comic does that. So Amy whacks Sonic up and also her hammer is designed to look like how it was in Sonic the Fighters. Very nice touch there. Sonic is caught by Tails in the air, blinks him up higher. And just as Sonic is about to get to metal, he boosts away again leaving Sonic to fall from the recoil. But Sonic's not worried he's fallen, but any second now, I'll get caught by my bestest buddy in the whole world, gets grabbed on by Knuckles. Sonic asks, what are you doing so far from home? Uh, there's trouble. You see, all is peaceful on Angel Island, uh, showing Knuckles chilling out in Mushroom Hill, until one of the animals found a Chaos Emerald. Thought it'd be odd for it to be lying out in the open, especially since they only seem to bring trouble. And I was right, of course, as a force blasts through the animals before he was ambushed by Metal Knuckles. I love this. Dude, okay. This, is... <laughs> this was so cool. This is so cool to see them call this back. I mean, last time we saw Metal Knuckles was like pre-boot Archie. So like, yo. You know, people don't really bring it up, but if you really want to think about it, Sonic R is a classic game. Mm -hmm. It's in that era. So it makes sense to bring Metal Knuckles back. Yeah, I'm very happy with this decision. So the two were fighting as Knuckles says he had him on the ropes till he decided to fight dirty. And Metal Knuckles cut a mushroom stalk, which was about to crush some of the animals below it, which made Knuckles had to retreat and catch it, leaving room for Metal Knuckles to grab the emerald and escape. And Knuckles was chasing after him ever since, but he's had too much of a head start. And the trail led him here, saw the business with Metal Sonic, and you know the rest. Tails figures Eggman must have sent them out to collect the emeralds, so he's gotta be up to no good. We gotta stop him. They land down, Knuckles gives him a good smack on the back, that's the spirit, kiddo. Sonic says we're the guys to get the job done, and Amy fangirls a little bit that she's finally gonna be a part of the adventure from the start. I'm gonna get to see all the action, and the boys moved on ahead without her. Sad. Ah, uh, she's not happy about this before she notices that they even forgot the emerald radar fun fact that is designed exactly like the dragon ball radar <laughs> yeah amy's pretty depressed saying how am i supposed to prove myself if you guys never give me a chance as a certain antenna is behind her oh boy oh, oh boy <laughs> well as she walks on saying i guess i could follow them but it wouldn't be safe on my own 
she hears a crash. Before we see Mighty and Ray. Okay. Wow, it's been a while since we've seen these guys, huh? This is the one, I guess, check I have against IDW Sonic. At the very least, how it's portrayed. A lot of the legacy characters or classic characters have been restricted to these stories. It has been confirmed, I believe by Kishimoto. He does say that, I don't know if it's, it, I mean, I guess it does apply to the comics too since it's canon. But he does say that characters like Mighty and Ray and Honey the Cat as well, they do exist in the modern world. They're just somewhere else and we don't really see them. Yeah, and I feel like this is definitely an avenue that I would like IDW Sonic to take on. I do like that Mighty and Ray, as they are classic characters, obviously Sega Sonic the Hedgehog is a part of the reason that they are classic characters, and Mighty being originally for Sonic, and they're also inclusion in Mania and stuff like that. So I feel like I would love to see them again in the mainline, because... Their interpretations in Archie were really good. And let me tell you, Kishimoto shares that sentiment. So who knows? Maybe it's only a matter of time. Absolutely. But we get to see these guys. Uh, Mighty throwing a rock at Ray as he dips in and out, flying with his flying squirrel powers. <laughs> uh, throwing a rock uh, over towards Amy, who uh, slips it off the ground from the impact. <laughs> So the two run toward Amy. They're very apologetic for almost hurting her, and they all introduce each other. And Amy recognizes their names. I heard about you from Sonic and your adventures together. To which a mighty comment, Sonic is a guy who really gets around. Amy asks for their help. Eggman's gathering the emeralds again, and I've been tracking them with this emerald radar, and I can't really seem to find them on her own. And Mighty and Ray agree. Can't let Eggman get the emeralds or leave you hanging. So we'll tag along with you. And uh, once again, that antenna that we saw earlier is slithering along. It's just slithering along, stalking Amy. Meanwhile, in the Summer Falls Zone, Tails is confused at the location of the emerald radar. Doesn't know what happened to it. Sonic's saying, no worries, we found the emeralds plenty of times at them. Plus, we've got an expert treasure hunter with us. Right, Nux? Don't patronize me. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> we get a cute shot of them doing some Sonic platforming in pure 2D as Sonic locates an emerald before being hit with a pop gun. Oh, great. It's Bark, Bean, and Fang. Oh, yes. Uh, these guys are a sight for sore eyes, let me tell you. Bean? My man? My man? He is returneth? Listen, listen, all right? Bean was Kino. He was peak in Archie. You you can't you can't tell me he was not like peak. Fortunately, he is still retaining those elements. I do love that. And also, Fang, he was referred to as Knack in Archie because that was his name in like the localized English. But as of lately, they've been, you know, unifying all the canons and stuff like that. So his name is the original Japanese name, Fang the Sniper. Yes, which you know, makes sense because of the, the fang on his design. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, another three characters that cool to see. I, I mean, I've made it very clear how much I love Bean in particular. But hey, Fang's cool. I like Fang. And, and Bark is Bark has some great moments. He, he's always fun to be around. So yeah, it, it's cool to see these guys again. Yeah. Needless to say, we did talk about how, you know, these guys do exist in the world. And that's actually something for the hooligans in particular is more or less the case because i remember in like one of the first issues of idw sonic sonic does reference them by name yes he does i believe he does they're out there somewhere 
Will they show up? They better. Please, I need I need more Bean Kino in my life. I need this man to break the fourth wall and do the most ridiculous shit and just be hysterical. Make me laugh my ass off. That that mother that Looney Tunes motherfucker makes me smile. For real. So Fang goes, hey there, Fleet Feet. Always a pleasure to snipe ya. So Sonic asks, what do you want? Fang explains that Eggman hired him to get the Chaos Emeralds. No problem for a treasure hunter like me. And since you're in the way, the boys will run interference. Get to work, ya mooks. Knuckles rushes in, dibs on the grappler, and engages one-on-one with Bark, who grabs his fist to hold him down. Knuckles knows Bark can fight and kicks him in the face to free himself. And now the boys are stanced up, ready for their Sonic the Fighter-style brawl. Sonic runs forward screaming that it's not gonna happen as Fang approaches the uh, Chaos Emerald in his what is this? what even is this I bull be- it is sort of his it is a hovercraft with uh, multiple yes. modes if I remember correctly it's called the Marvelous Queen okay well he runs forward before a torrent of bombs block his path knock it off Bean but this is our big reunion after so long didn't you miss me no I just can we just pull it up? <laughs> yeah, uh, Bean posts Sag in the chat essentially <laughs> before going sicko mode, saying, "Well, I'm not gonna miss you either." Uh, preparing his bomb to assault Sonic. Uh, God, this character. <laughs> well, you know what, Bean? I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> well, Tails ends up following Fang, and he's pretty impressed with this hovercraft and its autonomous module sidecars. Fang further up sees the emerald is perched on a salagmite, and he doesn't want to climb it up, so he won't. Activates a spring mode for his hovercraft to bounce up toward it. Just as Fang has it in his reach, Tails has flown behind the craft to get into its wiring, and Fang notices and asks what he's doing. He says, oh, I'm just throwing off the calibrations. And when he's done, the spring goes into haywire the hovercraft bounces around uncontrollably to which tails gets the emerald as you know all that's going on fang drops to the ground and tells tails to drop the emerald and fires his cork gun on him as he takes the assault leads tails to tell sonic to catch it and when sonic dies for the emerald is actually just above bean ready to blow him up although fang shouts for him don't blow up the gen that would be counterintuitive to the job sonic then uh raises the emerald before Fang nonchalantly fires his gun and knocks the the gem out of the pose. (laughs) (laughs) The gem falls towards Knuckles and turns his back on Bark, but he won't let him go. And in between each punch, the two just fight for the grass of the emerald. And the two end up just wearing each other down and end up hitting each other across the face at the exact same time, doing a double knockout hit. The art is really good here and uh, is very aura aura, uh, muda muda, if you you know what I'm talking about. For real? And as soon as like the two final hits land, you can just hear the bell sound effect from fighters. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, however, in the midst of the brawl, the emerald falls off a cliff, causing everyone except Bean to be shocked and surprised. <laughs> Fang's not happy about this, dragging Bean away, saying it's never easy with you mooks. So Sonic looks down and asks if Tails can fly him down, but he says he can't see land from here, so I can't guarantee safe landing, you know? Bark drags himself up to the hovercraft as Bean and Fang eventually get it working as Knuckles crawls up next to the boys and he's still dazed, to which Sonic says, well... You didn't win, buddy. You lost the emeralds to the cliffside, so get climbing, buddy. Fang boasts that after they find that one, you can just hand it over after we get the rest. And Hooligan flies off. Sonic says, well, that emerald's not going to go anywhere, so we better just tail them and chase after the hooligans. Meanwhile, below the falls, 
The emerald has landed on Mighty's head. <laughs> Amy and Ray are quite surprised to see that. Mighty's a, a touch concerned that these things are just falling out of the sky now, but let's not question a good thing. Amy's tracking another emerald across the case, so let's get a move on. And as they leave, we now finally see the Tails doll emerging from a small lake spying on them. As a voice is commanding it, good work. And with that, all the emeralds have been accounted for. Inside, we see a command center to the back of a large imposing figure, let's say. The two emeralds have already been delivered to him, green and blue. The yellow is held by the amateurs. Metal Knuckles is bringing the red emerald. The buffoons, by which he means the hooligans, are closing in on the purple emerald. And Metal Sonic is already moving in with the cyan emerald, as they are all closing in on the gray one, as is Team Sonic plus Eggman. In the autumn fall zone, obviously the, the season's motif is, is strong here. It's cute. Knuckles flies through saying, darn it, I lost their trails and I can't see through this forest for the trees. Sonic then says, what's adorable is I know he didn't say that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Tails, meanwhile, has got that deep and thought look going on as he is covered in uh, leaves. Uh, Big thinking. It's a very, very cute little piece of artwork. Tails is thinking, why would Eggman hire Fang's gang if he has the medals looking for the emeralds anyway? But Sonic thinks maybe it's just to double his chances, which is fine by me. I can beat any odds. Leading Knuckles to climb up a tree and sees not Fang, but actually Eggman following Metal Sonic. Metal's got both the cyan and gray emeralds, and Eggman's got a remote trying to get closer to Metal. But Sonic comes up to bonk his Eggmobile and throws him off course. To which there on the ground, Eggman readies up some buzzsaws saying, I don't have time to deal with you right now. Aw, but I came all this way to see ya! Sonic then taunts Metal, we got your boss cornered, so how about that high-speed race now? Once again, Metal does not respond, but turns around and boosts away, with Sonic screaming, What's going on? My man is not happy right now. Elsewhere in the zone, Ray ends up finding the purple chaos emerald lodged in a hole in a tree and brings it down to Mighty and Amy. And they all celebrate, but um, not for long, as they're quickly found by the hooligan. Mighty gets hit in the shell by a cork shot. Uh, excuse you? So the boys approach saying, Alright, the emerald handed over. Nice and easy, shellhead. Don't want anything happen to bad to the kiddos, eh? So, Mighty asks Amy, who are these guys? Uh, they're jerks who sometimes work for Eggman. They're mean, rude, and cruel. Except for Bark, I think he just hangs out with bad people. <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading this, that line got me. It's really, really cute. Mighty steps forward. He's cracking his knuckles. Fellas, look, we're out here having a good time. So why don't you move along? before you start having a bad time. Fang is a little unnerved by Mighty, but tells the boys, don't just stand there, you go for him. Mighty spin dashes in his shell, leading him to be protected by Fang's cork shots. Unfair, he says, as Bean is lobbing bombs up to Ray, telling him to stop moving, you're making my aim look bad, as Ray shouts for him to stop trying to blow me up. <laughs> Amy is face to face with Bark saying, I can't back down. Sonic and the others need me to do this. As she screams, yeah! And can't even put a dent into Bark with her Pico Pico hammer. Uh, Bark is not very happy about this. He, he just looks kind of sad. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, as Mighty uh, completely just holds up Fang's arm, you know, because 
He's his shell blocked all of the pop shots. Fang is screaming for Scarf Move to come back and help him, prompting him to pick up Amy and gently places her on top of a branch of a tree by her sweater. Uh, not what she meant when she demanded to be put down. So Bark comes back, who mighty can tell that Bark is a kindred spirit, someone I can take seriously leading him to quickly spin dash into Bark and him having to be held back. Bark thinks fast and ends up shoving Mighty into a tree's hole. Mighty unfurls a little bit, sees what happened, and is just like, uh, best two out of three, boys? <laughs> Ray then comes in for the save, taking one of Bean's bombs and using it against Fang and Bark. Uh, throwing it down, forcing them to retreat, and causing the emerald to pop out. The explosion knocks Amy out of the branch, and she falls as Ray picks her up. Ray catches her from the sky, kind of in an apology for what happened, but they're caught off guard and are blown out of the sky by Bean. Well, two birds with one stone, emerald in hand. It would be better if they were rocks, but work with what you got, right? Huh? He says to Metal Knuckles, who just appeared next to him. Metal Knuckles responds by just karate chopping his head. He's out cold and snatches the emerald out from him. The hooligans and Team Rose follow Metal Knuckles. Fang thinking Eggman is trying to double cross him on the deal. Eventually, Fang becomes winded and asks Bean to go get the bike. But Bean just says, what? I, you said I wasn't allowed to drive it after what happened last time. I need the side comic. Give me the side comic now. For real, for real. Hey, that's an easy free comic book day. I'll tell you that. Amy finds Sonic and the boys with Eggman. Sonic saying Eggman was just about ready to explain himself. Right, Eggie? Eggman's clearly surrounded and says his side of the story. Eggman had just recently rebuilt the Heavy King, telling him to be his commanding officer and lead his badniks into battle. So I have more time to do more important things. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. By the way, this shot is great. Uh, Eggman is chilling in his own arcade, uh, sleeping on his uh, Puyo Puyo beanbag with the Tails doll. Uh, <laughs> as Heavy King goes for a smash against Eggman, Metal Sonic... Stops him. Everything was going great, says Eggman. Until Heavy King became a little too commanding. Broadcasting an override.exe into the Tails doll, Metal Sonic, and Metal Knuckles. He took full control of my robots, kicked me out of my own base. It was very rude and hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Eggman's putting on the waterworks here. Bean is very clearly moved by this story. He's crying his heart out, but he's the only one who really feels for Eggman here. So Sonic just then goes, all right, why is the Heavy King gathering the emeralds then? To which Eggman says, well, if he gathers them, he'll be unstoppable. That's why I hired the hooligans to get them first. But as usual, Sonic ruins everything. But Fang asks Eggman, how do you plan to pay if you're out on your own? Which Eggman says, oh, well, once I'm back in power, I will be able to reward you quite handsomely. Big smile. Fang doesn't necessarily believe him. So he comes to Sonic, shakes his hand in the show of peace. Looks like we're working together for now, Fleet Feet. Yeah, sure. If you can keep up. So we finally make it to the Winter Cavern Zone, the final zone of our little adventure, as we have a full lineup here. Wow, look at this. Everyone coming together to go stop Heavy King. Um, this is, I, you know, it's such a small thing, but I really love that they did this kind of establishing shot, just to be like, gang's all here, all the classic characters are working together. That's, I mean, hey, that's a really cool premise. Yeah, I love it. So as they brave the zone, they're using their abilities to best maneuver around the environment. The hooligans clear their own way. Mighty, Ray, and Amy are fighting the zone mini-boss together as Team Sonic's just plowing through the environment. So Sonic turns back to Eggman. You know, the Heavy King saved you from the embarrassment as was this base 
face here and uh, suddenly gets sidewinded by Metal Sonic. Has to pick himself up out of the snow, chastising Eggman for not giving him a heads up. Well, you should watch where you're going. Well, remember that we're helping you. You should remember what happened the last time you were sassing me, he says, as Metal Sonic signs-wides him once again. That's what I meant. Knuckles helps him up, saying, On your feet, time to fight. Yeah, they're pretty tough, says Sonic. But we're together as the entire classic team gets ready to take on Metal Sonic and Metal Knuckles. Tails then quickly hops onto the Eggmobile and says, if Heavy King is controlling them remotely, maybe we can stop his signal from here. Eggman says, of course, that's what I was trying to do with Metal Sonic. A jamming signal at this range will revert them to their base program, and they'll obey me again. I'm a genius! Before the Tails doll appears on the cockpit, and yeah. they both scream at the top of their lungs, Eggman then instantly gives uh, the Tails doll the chokehold. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but he just looks at it and goes, oh, I can use the Tails doll's antenna to boost the signal. Tails accepts the plan, but, uh, when this is over, you gotta explain why you gave me this thing instead of a Metal Tails. You know, why did Eggman never make a Metal Tails? My little my little guess theory is that maybe Eggman just saw him, oh, he's just like a little kid, much younger, so doesn't really respect him enough. But hey, maybe in the modern era, Eggman clearly shows that like fellow inventor, fellow scientist level of respect to Tails. So hey, maybe, maybe if it could happen, maybe we could have a, a Team Metal in the games just an idea you can have that one for free anyways metal knuckles goes for an attack against bean before being disabled uh being very happy that he's not a kebab metal sonic going for an attack against mighty before being stopped and uh mighty shell protecting him from any of the attacks of uh <laughs> uh, yeah. so eggman calls them off we're all out here working together for now and sonic ribs metal saying oh look at us we're all on the same team don't you just love that this big smile. Metal's expression is obviously there's nothing there, but the angle is just like he has the look of like, I'm so fucking sick of you. I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> so with all that being settled, Bean says he will be going to knock on the front door. And by knock on the front door, I mean liberal use of explosives. Fang quickly pushes him away saying, nope, I ain't having you caving in the whole place. Where's your sense of excitement? Your artistic vision? <laughs> <laughs> That's an Archie Bean line, 100%. Good to see you haven't lost your touch, Ian. Yes. Bark and Mighty show up to the plate. Sam looks pretty sturdy, even for me. So what do you say on three? One, two, three. No, 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 stop. I just had that painted. I'll open them myself as Eggman opens the door, stealing... <sighs> Mighty and Bark smoke. Unfortunate. Bark's pretty sad about this, but the Amy's trying to console him. Once the doors swing open, inside, immediately they find the Heavy King. Seven Chaos Emeralds in a holding chamber in a center ring. Their power is greater than anything that you possess, and it is mine to command. Then Chaos Power surges up into his scepter and fires lightning bolts at the group, and everybody scatters, some trying to maneuver around. Uh, Bark, our boy... He, he truly does have a heart as he's trying to protect Amy from a stray bulk. Fang is trying to escape out the door, but is being dragged <laughs> Metal by Sonic Metal Sonic. <laughs> it's just like, nah, motherfucker. Nah, motherfucker. Knuckles and Bean uh, jump out of the way of an attack as uh, Bean is enamored by it, saying, so beautiful. <laughs> Heavy King continues, destroying you here will accelerate my schedule. Next, I will restore the hard-boiled heavies as my general. I will then conquer the world. I will rule over it as its metallic overlord. Eggman then gives a quick glance at Metal Sonic, who is looking up in uh, almost a, huh, hmm. interesting, saying, don't get any ideas. Get in there and stop him. I will say, if 
this is actually a canon explanation for Metal Sonic's idea to go AWOL, hey, I'm all for it. That's actually a pretty sick, like, uh, foreshadow, flash forward, however you want to call it. Fang is on his air bike, and he fires the sidecars as missiles, to which Heavy King uses an electric shield to scramble the cars, leading Fang to use spring mode to get up to fire the corks at him, to no avail, shooting him down, firing more electric streams across the room. The metals are now circling the center, spiraling up to try to enclose Heavy King, seeing that they no longer serve him, they will be destroyed like the rest. All right, so we're going nowhere fast, so Sonic has to think of a new plan. I'll distract Heavy King, and you guys swipe the emeralds while I draw his fire. Fang says, look, as much as I like the idea of you being shot at, what'll happen when you're blasting the chili sauce? Not gonna happen. As Sonic is about to take center stage, Amy tells Sonic, be careful, as Mighty sends Ray and Bean to go surround them. Before getting into place, Knuckles asks Sonic, how exactly do you plan to distract him? Oh, well, you know how I'm always getting on your nerves? Oh, piece of cake then. Uh, alright, so... In this instance, in the first time in quite a long time, we have this weird moment where Sonic channels his inner Jaleel White. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, actually. Yeah, yeah. This really feels like something like 90s Sonic would do. Like 90s American Sonic, mind you. So Heavy King says, I can hear your plan. You will fail. I am peak regal efficiency. You cannot bait me. Oh, sure. Like anything Eggman's built is peak anything. You had all this time to prep and you're on a stage. I don't have a throne. Are you changing your name to Heavy Comedian? I mean, you're already a joke. I mean, what's regal about a tiny death egg robot wearing a bedsheet? Sorry, I, I mean cape. Is that an Eggman hand-me-down? And what's with the light show? Like a Sonic could at least turn super and all it had was the Master Emerald. Afraid you're gonna blow a royal? <laughs> so th this is what this is what I mean. This whole sequence feels like it's very deliberately pulled from like '90s American Sonic. It's that that almost uh, how do I put it? It's very like AOSTH. We can say that much, right? Yeah, and speaking of AOSTH, Heavy King is fucking fist and fires a machine gun blast of energy as Sonic laughs off. I I feel like we we can we, can we show the knuckles panel because it's so important. You know the one. Right? Yeah, I, I know the ones. All of them are snatching away the emeralds as they do so. And of course, this is very much reminiscent of Tyson Hess's knuckles, if you will. Yes. So knuckles is just just pull, just pull up the, the screen cap. You know, it, it, look at look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's just like <laughs> he's, he's just like I'm stealing. It's very. It's, <laughs> Whenever, like, there are moments like this, like, Knuckles in this moment, for some reason, like, I know exactly the face he's doing in my mind, but for some reason, my undiagnosed ADHD brain is, like, putting, like, Morty's face over Knuckles' is right now. Jesus Christ. I mean, it fits. It works. It is, uh, it is pretty magical. <laughs> Slowly, the team has plucked emeralds off the stage. Sonic keeps near missing and dodging the electric balls. And finally, as just as the last emeralds are taken away, Heavy King is is about to blast Sonic away, but notices he has no charges left. And quickly just looks at it and goes, ah, his plan. I fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is very uh, AOSTH, I'll give him that. Yeah, it's a cute moment. Sonic revs up for a spin dash saying, and now you'll fall for this as he throws the Heavy King off his platform as he falls to the ground and Eggman steps on his scepter. Consider yourself... Usurped. 
Egypt. He he looks a little creepy in this this shot, and it's uh, pretty great. Well, the heavy king is begging for his forgiveness. Did you not program me for deceit and conquest-driven? Have I not been fulfilling my function? To which Eggman goes, well, you are technically right. The best kind of right. And you were effective until your betrayal. Oh, can I make an evil robot or what? Ah, you can have your old job back. And you will be getting a patch to ensure this doesn't happen again. To which he reluctantly accepts. Well, with all that being settled, my minions, oh, attack and get me those Chaos Emeralds back. As they turn around and the gang is nowhere to be seen. Heavy King thinking that they must have left while uh, he was threatening him. Well, marshal the forces and track them down. But uh, Heavy King again says, all the badniks were defeated as you were invading my base. You're... Your base. Then he tells the metals to go after them, but right then and there, they run out of power and shut down, keeling over. Eggman just slumps over and is like, ah, just, this day was a bust. Uh, make me a grilled cheese. Uh, apologies, Doctor. I am Heavy King, not Heavy Chef. <laughs> oh, very cute. So, in our wrap-up, uh, Team Hooligan preps the marvelous queen fang saying that the chaos emerald is worth any more than anything eggman would ever give us amy hands bark back his scarf saying thanks for loaning me your scarf you're a real sweetie deep down aren't you as uh, bark blushes and heads off onto the queen as fang calls out that they are on to glory fortune and a good mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they leave, Knuckles comments how Fang didn't give him a nickname, but Sonic just thinks, man, maybe it'd be Knucklehead. Well, how do you figure? Oh, because... Uh, nah, never, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> Knuckles is going to take the Green Emerald back with him. It'll be harder for Eggman to gather them next time. Sure, the Master Emerald can have a little sibling then. You're weird, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, later. Uh, and Knuckles just starts the march back home. Mighty and Ray then take the Cyan and Gray Emeralds. We're going to head off for adventure and just be the best that we can be. Adventure 2 on the way, eh? So Sonic tells and Amy will be taking the blue, red, and yellow emeralds. And Sonic thanks Amy for all her help today. And uh, in her fluster, she admits that she used Tails' emerald radar. So he says, oh yeah, I was looking for that. Sorry for leaving you behind. And Amy just only asks, can you not do that anymore? Tails says deal, but Sonic goes, yeah, no, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Sonic then decides to take his leave and dashes away through the mountain and into the sunset. And that is the end of Seasons of Chaos. That was very, very lengthy. <laughs> that was really lengthy, but it's super fun, and it's a great 30th anniversary special, in my opinion. I really, 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 really enjoyed this. It's cute. It's fun. It very much feels like another Sonic Mega Drive, uh, almost inspired comic. I really, really love this 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 short. It's it's really good. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, more Bean content is always appreciated. I really hope we get more uh, Mighty Ray, Bean, Bark, and Fang in the main comics at some point. But I had a great time with this. It's really, really good. So we move from that story. <laughs> yeah, it's something a bit more simple. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so I'd like to introduce what can only be described as one of the most ridiculous stories I've ever seen in a comic. It's literally just called Sonic Learns to Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is written by Clint, Justin, Travis, and Griffin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. I don't listen to their podcast, but I do know that they are Sonic fans in their own right, so... 
hey, you know, I'll welcome them. And there is another podcast that they do called The Adventure Zone. It's a D&D adventure kind of podcast, which they have done a comic book adaption of. So they do have experience writing for comic books. Mario Fonseca also did the art. So all I will say is insofar as the McElroy family goes, IDW, listen up here, you know, one-on-one, just you and me in the room right now, listen. If all it takes to write for Sonic is to be podcast host, our DMs are open. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting for our call so I can write my uh, my magnum opus, uh, Sonic Goes to the Dry Cleaners. <laughs> and then I will uh, sneakily insert a uh, pre-boot Archie character and I will be shot dead in IDW's office. <laughs> 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 nah, dude, you're going to risk it all for Lynn Dye. Let's yeah, go! <laughs> oh, God. All right, so the premise of this comic is, I mean... The fucking title says it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Sonic is working with his driving instructor, uh, Mr. Kip. He's monologuing how he's come to appreciate driving. I've run faster than the fastest car ever built, sure, but along the way of smashing bad nicks, you get some major blisters, enough to wish you did have a car. Plus, you don't have a radio when you're running, so hey, how about some tunes? And uh, Kip is like very nervously going, um... Uh, Mr. The Hedgehog. Oh, please, call me Sonic. Mr. The Hedgehog is... No one. No one's called that. That's not how speech works, Kip. Uh, no, I mean the speed limit. The what? Yeah. Oh my god, okay. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you know, the speed limit. It tells you how fast you're allowed to drive in a given area. Oh, what will they think of next? So Sonic thinks he should not hit the gas so much, and the car will slow down eventually? Sorry, Kip, I'm in uncharted waters right now. No, the brakes. They can stop the car. Oh, oh wow, okay, I thought there was some kind of turbo or something. There is no turbo, Sonic. This is a regular car. My car. Yeah, yeah, right, okay, I think I get it now. So he hits the brake, and uh, it turns out they're not doing anything. Well, press harder. I swear I am. Is this process supposed to make me feel sick? And they're coming in on a red light. And Sonic then, instead of stopping, proceeds to get out of the car and rapidly stops all traffic so the car can roll through and he can get back in and keep going. Okay. <laughs> so Kip then asks, why are you learning to drive, Sonic? What do you need a car for? Uh, oh, right. That's easy. Two words, Kip. One of which is really long out and drawn out for emphasis. Chili dogs. You need a, a car for a hot dog? Chili dogs, Kip. Hot dogs win chili. Keep it up. Long are the days of choosing between hot dog and chili. Now the scientists have put them together. Smack dab right on there. You ever heard of Mr. Munchum's Bun Size Franks? Best chili dogs on the planet. They get the chili to dog ratio just so right. Anyway, Mr. Munchum's hosting a rally race, a car race, and the grand prize is chili dogs. A lifetime supply of chili dogs. And I really gotta figure out what they mean by lifetime, because I eat a lot more than the average person. I'm not out here taking driving lessons to get, like, 50 dogs a year. I knocked that out on a weekend. By the way, Kip, uh, are you playing, like, a Sudoku or something? It's putting a real kish on this convo. As Kip says, this is not a Sudoku. It's your driving evaluation. To which Sonic gets an E rank. <laughs> And we, that is exactly like what, like the hero's way of doing it. Shadow, yeah, I don't... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's bottom rank. That's bottom rank, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't stand for excellent rank, would it? It would not. Come on, Kip, don't be like that. Mr. Sonic, from the moment you've entered this vehicle, you've demonstrated a, re a remarkable lack of understanding even basic road safety practices. What? I have? You realize you're not even touching the wheel right now. Sonic takes a brief second to look at his hands. Like, like this? 
uh, all the time. Man, this driving thing is way more complicated than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> then try again, and Sonic is getting the lessons through his head now, going at the speed limit of 50, but a school zone's coming up. Use those brakes. They hit a left turn. Don't forget the turn signal. And remember, keep two car lengths distance from the car in front. We're all sharing the road. And he notices Sonic sends some other vehicles past. One of which actually was a motorcycle designed to look like the motorcycle from Super Hang-On. That was one that just kind of popped into my head. I was like, oh, shit. Hey. Also, the uh, ornament in Kip's car is the Waku Waku Sonic Patrol car. Hey, look at that. Kip says, all right, you're doing a lot better now. But Sonic is not very happy about having to go so slow, unfortunately. But as they drive, they're listening to Knight's radio station and announces that Mr. Munchum's race is starting in five minutes. To Sonic's surprise, well, that wasn't supposed to be till the 12th. To which Kit says, today is the 12th. But that's fine, we can wrap this up. And Sonic suddenly hits the gas, banks left turn going to the race. But Kit says they're not going to make it in time. But Sonic says, nope, I know a shortcut, the loop. But which Kit Pass says, hey, wait, 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 man, this car can't do the loop. But Sonic says, don't worry, this drive has done it like a gajillion times, all right? And Sonic dashes through it. The car goes through it clean, much to Kit's panic. But hey, we're doing great. Till Knight says the race was postponed as a result by Dr. Eggman's attack on the city. So I will want to point out a couple of cute references here. So the loop has a couple of Easter eggs. First, the Sonic Sega popcorn shot machine is represented by a popcorn shop. There is a poster with Sonic's, uh, like one of his original posters, like one of his original design posters uh, is up on there. And then Mr. Adam's schoolhouse for Sonic's schoolhouse. Wow, all right. that's There's just kind of a lot being thrown in our face here. I mean, I appreciate it, but wow. So Sonic hits the brakes. I got to get out and stop Eggman, but Kip stops him. Actually, Sonic, there's a faster way to get there and he points a ramp that would launch them off the road and um by the way sonic uh you don't you don't mind if i tag along do you you can retake the class in 10 business days until then i want to see some real speed so sonic hops in hits the gas and launches off the ramp kip my man this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship on the back of kip's car it says visit jade gully jade gully is spelt in the sonic extreme font yeah, because I believe that is what would have been the first zone of Sonic Extreme. Yep. So that ends uh, Sonic Learns to Drive. A cute story. One thing I do remember is that, well, two things. Uh, Evan Stanley said that Knight was supposed to have a different design for the story. A more like classic inspired story, but uh, Sega didn't have time to finalize it. So they had to go with the original that they had already approved. That's number one. Number two, if I remember correctly, Fonseca said that he actually designed this town reminiscent of the town that was shown in, like, one of the, like, earliest manga adaptions of Sonic the Hedgehog. Huh. Really? Yeah. Like, if you don't know, there is much more... It's much more obscure than, like, what early Archie is. But it's an obscure manga that was printed around when Sonic CD was being released, I think? And it gave, like, a wildly indifferent interpretation of, like, Sonic being more of, like, a, like, superhero-esque personality. Like, Sonic himself is, like, just a regular hedgehog named Nikki, and he can transform into Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a whole, like, family dynamic where he has parents, a younger sister, he goes to school, and they're, and they're all hedgehogs, too. But the town from that manga is designed exactly like this town. That manga's very weird. I don't... <laughs> 
Yeah, it sounds pretty wild. But yes, we are going to end our 30th anniversary special coverage with a pretty interesting little finale. Mm -hmm. Dr. Eggman's birthday. Written by Gail Galligan and art by Roethlisberger. So Gail Galligan is a New York Times bestselling author. They did the graphic novel adaption of The Babysitter's Club and has a bunch of different contributions like to a Steven Universe coloring book, a Marvel anthology, which they wrote a story focusing on Shang-Chi, and in 2022 released an original graphic novel through Scholastic called Freestyle. We open, the sun rises on Dr. Eggman's base. His alarm wakes him up and starts his morning routine, taking a shower, getting out in the mirror, and he's like peering into his eyes, focuses it a little bit and says, oh, today's my birthday, isn't it? Ah, another year passed and what do I got to show for it? Nothing. Less than nothing. And he thinks back to previous years, how his badniks threw him surprise parties from every year and he did not appreciate it. Even taking a wooden carved sculpture of himself as a gift from them, he comments how he's much more handsome than this carving. Every year I'm pulled away from my work to take part in this nonsense. I've told the badniks to cut it out, but that only seems to encourage them. So Eggman takes a deep breath. All right, all right. Let's get this over with. So Eggman wanders out of his base. It's devoid of all the badniks. Peers inside a lab. He figures out. Oh, great. They're throwing me a surprise party. And he shouts out, I'm on to them. Come out and get back to work. But he finds a command center active. Turns out that the Heavy King is leading a battalion to attack Sonic. Oh, great. They can't be serious. So he comes into all of them. You all need to retreat. You are not equipped to handle Sonic right now. But over the intercom... He overhears them chant for Eggman's birthday, defeat Sonic. So he takes off in his Eggmobile to go collect them. We shift to see Sonic and Tails protecting some villagers as the hard-boiled heavies are about to descend on them until Eggman arrives and orders them all to stop. Everyone, return to base lest I rewire you all and scrap you. Tails, though, says, I think I overheard that they're doing this because it's Eggman's birthday and looks down to Sonic saying, all right, we'll get him yet. And his last words, Sonic's are to Eggman, happy birthday, Egghead. Eggman flies away in disgust. And back to his base, he's chastising the heavies to use their heads for once. Might be a hassle to replace you, but that won't mean I won't do it. But Heavy Knight says that he did this because, you know, we wanted to surprise you. I know we usually don't get it right, but, you know, you deserve nice things, sir. And Eggman's a touch moved, but says that their support is adequate. But I'll replace you all if you try anything like this again. To which Heavy King orders... Bring out the cake. Badnik starts singing happy birthday as Eggman just sighs. Okay, another year passed and blows out the candles. And that's the end of that short little story. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple. I mean, I guess it also does go to show Sonic's 30th birthday is also Eggman's 30th birthday. It's a cute, like, I guess flip on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. I, uh, I really enjoyed the 30th anniversary special, but we're technically not done with it because we do have free comic book day 2021 with our final story for the 30th anniversary. Yes, Galligan and Roethlisberger, both of the creative team, and this was repackaged with the deluxe edition, I believe, and I believe it's also getting a soft cover reprinting as well. So yeah, this is basically like a story D to the special. Yes, so just to make a note, uh, there is only one new story in this. The other is a recap story of IDW Song. And also, I do want to shout out something real fast. The cover was done by Tracy Yardley, and it's like a cute little thing of like uh, a hand drawing in song story and all that it's very cute but look to the side there is a sticky note on the drawing table which has the lyrics to the theme song of sad am to it cute feels good 
Feels good, man. Yes, absolutely. So our story, our final story, is Amy's new hobby. So we open on Tails. He's walking to Amy's house as she's prepared iced tea for the two of them. He knocks on the door and thanks Amy for inviting him over. Sonic's out there doing a solo thing. I've been, you know, a little lonely, really. Something that Amy relates to. So she made a nice snack spread for the two of them. So Amy asks what Sonic's been up to. And he says, oh, he's just patrolling around. I think he goes stir crazy if he's standing still for like two seconds. Which Amy says that could cause a few problems. And then Tails tells Sonic a story about how they were stalking out looking for Eggman's newest base. He decided to wait and see where the Badniks were going. But Sonic couldn't take it, blast out of the bushes and spin dashed all of them and he notices that amy was taking notes and says hey what exactly are you doing you're not working for eggman or something right and he's like no no no, no. just look i just don't make fun of me okay so she very sheepishly brings tails to a back room and shows an art desk with a large sketchbook and tails opens up the book to find a lot of homemade comics all stories about sonic's different adventures this is adorable it's done in the style of almost it's 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 kids it's like it's almost like a kid like discovering their love of art and trying to figure out how to like draw and process adventures it's it's really 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 cute There's tons of cute stuff yeah so some of the stuff she drew is sonic and tails being trapped by eggman amy comes to save them there's another panel with knuckles uh being a little bit of a tsundere saying sonic thanks for being there and sometimes it is nice not to be so alone. And there's another, I, more of like a four coma joke style kind of comic where Sonic and Tails are waiting in line for chili dogs. Another one where Sonic and Metal fight with the classic, you might know everything I'm going to do, but that's not going to matter because I know what you're going to do. Strange, isn't it? Tails is enamored by these comics and says, hey, has anyone else seen them? And Amy's like, no, they're, they're not very good. But Tails says, hold on a second. And he takes the sketchbook outside and Mighty and Ray happen to be passing by and shows a comic featuring them. Ray gave Mighty a burger, which he tries to grasp and ends up splattering the sauce right into his face. Amy is a little sheepish about the whole thing, but Mighty and Ray end up laughing. They're like, oh yeah, remember when that happened? And you know, the cheeseburger, the way that was drawn is pretty funny too. And they turn the page, there's another comic with Knuckles. And you know, Amy's feeling a little shy, but Tails gives her a nudge. Look. The people love your work. We've moved further away. Sonic is running past the area and he sees the crowd gathering and he's walking amongst the people. It seems like everyone's looking at different pieces of paper and they're enjoying what they're looking at. And he sees everyone's gathering around Amy's house and pushes past Bean and Bark to find Tails and Amy in the center. Also, uh, shout out to the foreground, Honey the Cat. Yeah, she's just kind of standing there. Uh, hopefully we get to see her again soon. For real. So Tails that sees Sonic's here uh, shows Amy's sketchbook. Hey, look at this. You got to check this out. And now Amy is very, very self-conscious. And the vibes are fucked. Everyone can feel it. And Sonic takes a look at the sketchbook. He's kind of surprised to see what he's looking at. Turns to Amy. Is this supposed to be me? Yes. And then Sonic turns the book. Sonic is like a full page spread doing a heroic pose and said, Amy, this is way past cool. You really showed everyone how awesome I am. And hey, look at this one. You even put the new chili dog stand in there. To which we see way in the back, the guy who owns it cheers in joy. Amy says she was just trying to, you know, have a little fun with something. But says, oh, hey, no. It's about time someone recorded all of our adventures. And hey, did I ever tell you about the time we fought Eggman on his birthday? So Amy then quickly pulls out her notepad and Sonic starts. All right, picture this. Quiet day in the village. And that's where that little story ends. That is our second to last comic tonight. 
Um, yeah, the 30th anniversary stuff was all really, really, really cute. I loved all of it. So good. Yeah, it was great. It's a great way to celebrate such a huge milestone of the franchise as well to do this sort of throwback style kind of thing. And, you know, we brought it up a lot with uh, Mega Drive. Does this replace it? No. Does it supplement it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think so as well. It's uh, very good. Art's great. And we're technically not done. (laughs) So... Our final comic that we are doing is the Tales 30th Anniversary One-Shot. Mm-hmm. This is a comic to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Tales the Fox, or Miles Tales Power. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... This released last year, or this year, no? Just last year, yes. Yes, this released just last year, and I hope you guys are excited because a little bit of deja vu. (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me. So Ian Finn wrote and Hammerstrom did the art. So we open on Sonic and Tails. They're on the tornado and are flying in to Flicky Island. Now that's a throwback. Yeah, well, a Sonic 3D Blast, baby. As they land on the coast, Sonic thinks, oh man, it's good to be back. This place is such a nice little vacation spot. Perfect for bonding with the boys, right? The varied terrain, the awesome ruins, Tails adds about all the nice flickies. Oh, I hope they like mint candy. I brought a bunch. To which Sonic and Tails look into Green Grove Zone. They don't see any flickies. You know, what's going on? You save an entire species and they don't even come out to say hi? But Tails thinks something is wrong here. So Sonic takes the initiative. Let's go out and look for clues. Tails about to offer they split up, but uh, Sonic is already gone, leaving a dust cloud shaped like himself. That's a, a little bit of a Looney Tunes moment right there. Yeah, that is very Looney Tunes core. Tails catches up to Sonic, and they come across to find a sunflower somehow crystallized, which Tails thinks that is not a natural formation. And then Tails looks to find railroad lines nearby. Hey, wait, these weren't here last time. Wait a minute! So Tails comes back to Sonic. Hey, yo, I know what happened. This island was attacked by Witchcart. What? What? Who's that? (laughs) So Tails does a brief recap saying that while he went exploring on his own while you were off on another adventure, I found this lovely remote island, but it was attacked by Witchcart and her minions. They tried to conquer the island and make everyone do their bidding. It was scary, but I managed to chase them out of every area they'd taken over and save the island. This is, of course, referencing Tails Sky Patrol. Yeah, this is not the direction I was expecting this comic to go, I'll be honest. Yeah, so how do we feel about the reintroduction of of Wendy Witchcart and the minions (laughs) i mean it's very welcome and i'll tell you this much um when this comic was first solicited they did say that witch cart would be a major antagonist along with the witch carters although witch cart i believe that is the official name i may just have yoinked it from archie i don't remember i will commend ian for going in a different direction for the characterization instead of going the easy route and just sort of taking them as they were before by which i mean you know yeah yeah Well, Tails said that it was a scary incident, but Tails was able to chase them out and save the island. These crystals and rail lines were the same things Witchcart used back then, and she must be behind the Flicky's disappearance. So sum it up easy, Sonic says. We got the bad guys here. We need to stop them. And Tails agrees, but again, Sonic dashes away, leaving the silhouette of dust. So Sonic follows the rails, and as he's running along them, he thinks to himself, Hey, maybe I can try balancing on these things. 
I, I don't know. Maybe I might need some special shoes or something. I'll give it a shot one day. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Cute. All right. Cute. We then see the witch carters by the name of Hawkwolf, Behringer, and Karodia gathering flickies and trapping them in a crystal prison. Let's just say that they're designed to look how they looked in Tail Sky Patrol, unlike the last time they appeared in Sonic spinoff media. Let's leave it like that. Behringer charges at Sonic to hold him down, but Sonic spins up and uppercuts him in the jaw, dazing him. Well, if you knew me, you would have known better than to pick a fight with me. But then very quickly, Sonic gets trapped in Crystal by Witchcart herself. Again, a more game-accurate design, and this time, they kind of go with what I've referred to as the Gruntilda speech pattern. Yes, it is straight-up grunty speech pattern. While you were fighting all day, my chums, you missed something wicked this way comes. It's very fun. I actually do like it a lot. So the witch carters plug up the crystal prison, and she's feeling a little angered by these guys. My patience is wearing thin. I won't mince words. Go out there and bring me birds. So the witch carters end split up to, into their little ships and fly their separate ways as Witchcart chains Sonic's crystal prison to take them back to her lair. And he's a little myth that she's going to keep doing that rhyming thing. And Tails saw the whole thing behind a bush, being insanely frustrated and just mutters, why couldn't have Sonic just stayed and listened? We could have handled them one at a time. And now not all at once and they'll be on guard. And now Witchcart has the hostage and the Flickies. And the... To which Tails turns around and sees a group of Flickies joining him, leaving him to take a deep breath and just bears himself to continue. Sonic needs help, and so do these Flickies. I beat the Witch Carters before, and I'll do it again. I just gotta be smart about it this time. Tails then flies up, Flicky's flying behind him, recalling how the last time they were on Flicky Island, Sonic stopped Eggman from kidnapping the Flickies and using them for his schemes, while Sonic was freeing the Flickies and pushing back Eggman from the various zones. He and Knuckles were there helping him to look for the Chaos Emeralds, which, that's a way to kind of contextualize why Tails and Knuckles were there during the events of 3D Blast. I mean, it makes sense. Right. Tails uncorks the Crystal Prison, asking them to help him navigate the island so he can beat the bad guys back and rescue our friends. So then we move to Spring Stadium zone hawk is catching flickies in a net saying ah oh, this wouldn't be happening if y'all weren't so small and weak but he's uh, suddenly grabbed off by tails saying you once said the same thing to me before you remember what happened next to which hawk ribs tails saying well if you're still playing hero tails says to keep talking i'll keep tuning you out to which says oh man then you'll miss my tune then he whistles which causes his bike to activate an autopilot and rushes tails knocking hawk out of his hands and falls into his bike. He then pulls a mine out, aiming it in Tails. You should have learned to mine your manners, buddy. Scrambling, Tails shouts, Plan B, go for Plan B, leading for Flickies to take positions and then do bird calls, which activate the bike's autopilot. Uh, Hawk is still on it and just starts moving around rapidly, holding on for dear life, and is eventually thrown off. Tails uh, applauds everyone. Pitch perfect. Leading Hawk to go, all right, all right, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Leading him to, I say rush Tails, but he's really just kind of slowly running towards him, flailing his arms around to Tails just kind of stepping out of his path, and Hawk falls into a spring trap, causing to counts off the springs nonstop. So, Tails is like, ah, okay. One down, uh, now we'll move on to plan C of step two, just to start step one of the master plan. The Flickies are not really following, but Tails says, look, it made more sense in my head, okay? So Tails opens the hood of Hawk's bike, says it's not as aerodynamic as the other ships, and it needs an additional repulsor to make the thrusters fly. Again, Flickies are not following him, but Tails just says, don't worry about it, just follow what I do. And takes the repulsor and tells the Flickies to hold on to it for later. We then move to Gene Gadget Zone. Behringer is leading the Flickies and just by literally just telling them get in the fucking bag, basically. 
in his own way. But Tails tries to do a sneak attack by bonking him over the head, but uh, not so soft. Tails says he bounced off softer badniks, but Bear is a little pissed to try to sneak attack him, and you didn't even offer a fair fight. All right, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, as he rushes toward his ship. Tails uh, very meekly says, look, listen, I, I, I know I started this, but anger is not healthy for you, and has to fly out of the way from Bear's ship about to crash into him. Tails is pushed around in the air from Bomb that Bear is throwing at him, and does make the close recovery, and Flickies go for Plan C, leading the Flickies to free the others from the bag, and swarm Behringer and block his view, leading Bear to have to go full power, blast the Flickies to get out of his way, which Tails baits him by flying into a pipe pipeline that drives him through and traps him in a vat of orange liquid and it's soundproof too that's a bonus and tails steals some more stuff from his ship okay progress our next bit is at rusty ruins Karodia is leading flickies into carrot shaped cages one flicky tries to make a break for it but she fires a carrot missile at it and shoots it out of the sky ah, 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 sweetie don't make me do more work than i have to you won't enjoy it in the commotion, Tails sneaks under Karodia's ship and unlatches the rocket launcher, stealing it, telling the Flickies to go take it away. Unfortunately, Karodia notices him, flipping her ship to see him face to face. Ah, oh, it's you. Of course it's you. Look, I went easy on you last time, but not now, and fires a bunch of missiles towards Tails as he spin dashes away. And Tails then hides in the fog. A little myth that Karodia has to manually aim, but she notices she's out of ammo. Ah, oh, great. Looks around, a lot of shadows in the fog. Look, can you just come out and let me run you over, please? Look, I'll be your friend, or like frenemy. I can pretend, okay? Tails then comes around, gets into the wiring behind her, disconnects the hover blades, and stops the ship from working. It kind of teeters over the edge and falls into a pit. And she doesn't even bother to try to get out and falls into the pit. Bowie. Okay, plan D complete. Now let's get ready for the grand finale. The Flickies bring Tails to bring all the stuff he's collected until now and starts tinkering with them, resulting in him making an energy beam from Hawk's repulsor, a grabber from Bear's parts, and strapped Karodia's missiles on her back. To which I do have to say, um, I don't know if it was just me, but for some reason when I read this, I saw the grabber that Tails made, and for some reason I thought he made a keyblade. <laughs> Tails with the keyblade, aw yeah. <laughs> Either way, Tails is ready to save their friends. To which we move to the Panic Puppet Fortress, where Witchcart has holed herself in her lair, mocking Sonic, the famous hero now subdued with you stuck I'm free to rule once all the flicky's secrets are revealed nothing will stop my evil to which tail calls out to her that was terrible and a slant rhyme at best ah all my rhymes are art and fires a crystal shot at tails to which she dodges using the grabber to ride along the rails which offends Witchcart. she fires another crystal shot which tails is about to reflect with the repulsor a couple more times and Tails fires the carrot missiles, which again, Witchcart easily dodges. To which she says, You should have used aim assist. Every shot completely missed. Which that's fully just a Gruntilda line. <laughs> yeah, it is. Tails then with a smug smirk saying, I wasn't aiming at you. As he breaks Sonic free. My arm fell asleep in there. Guess this is a working vacation now. Witchcart angrily fires at Sonic to try to trap him again, but... He's able to just very easily duck over them. He's just doing one pirouette over another. He lands in a split. Guess I'm ready for you this time. Witchcart then thinks, ah, it's time to cut her losses. Two on one isn't fair. Time to get out of hair. Uh, here. 
<laughs> Tails then comes to Sonic asking if he's okay. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just kind of have like this mild case of tinnitus. Tails says, well, we got to get a move on. Which cart's getting away? Sonic's just like, what do you mean we? The hero has already arrived. And our boy Tails gets like a little glimmer in his eye and chases after Witchcart, telling Sonic to watch his back. Witchcart notices she's being chased. Tails, go away. Give it a rest. I'm tired of you, mangy pest. My plan is foiled. My minions beat. Just go away. Let me retreat. Tails responds, you have to finish what you start. It's game over for you, Witchcart. And reflects a crystal shot right on her and traps her in her own crystalline magic. Wow, beautiful. And that's when Sonic arrives with the Flickies. He freed them while Tails was handling Witchcart. And Tails is like, well, what happened to watching my back? Ah, I knew you could handle her. So Tails thanks Sonic for saving the day. But Sonic's like, bro, what do you mean? It was all you today, buddy. We came here for a vacation. So let's party. As they exit the area with the Flickies ready to get their relaxes on. So that was the Tails 30th anniversary special. That was pretty cute. Simplistic, although I will say, this comic essentially being a sequel to both 3D Blast and Tails Sky Patrol, insane. Ian Flynn, how do you do it? I mean, he, he just does it, you know? Continuation, smile. But yeah, um, it was good. Simplistic, cute, short. I don't think it need to be anything else. And, uh, you know, another, hey, Tails is the hero moment, so always a fan of that. But, well, that's... Uh, we we that's it yeah that, that's really it now we really have caught up for real this time so now you're probably wondering now that we've got to the end hey what's next what are we gonna look at well look the podcast is gonna continue although it's gonna be short more shorter format we're going to be looking at idw sonic in a more review style kind of podcast where as each issue comes out the next week that follows will be the episode covering them we're gonna Try to be as in-depth as we can about it. Although, you know, some months there may be some issues that are more set up. Not a lot to talk about. Maybe the art will just be cool to look at. Hey, that thing happened. That's pretty cool. It is what it is. So all I can say is bear with us. Don't expect the length of episodes that we've sort of been giving out for quite a long time now. Expect... 20 to 30 minute affairs, maybe some 40 minuters if we're really getting thick into the, you know, the analysis of, uh, of some stuff going on in the, in the arc. Um, you know, I think that our, our arc ends are going to be a lot more in depth now, especially with the way that we're going to be approaching things, some predictions about the future with solicitations. It's going to be a little bit different, but... Um, you will still be getting IDW Sonic content from us, uh, along with miniseries, specials, etc., etc., etc. Yes, so how we do them will vary depending on what goes on, but the general gist is, at least once a month, you will be getting an IDW Sonic Rundown episode from us. So, with that being said, in general, looking forward, to sort of give like an ease transition of the new format... I kind of do want to do another Q&A style kind of uh, episode as well. We'll attach that to uh, the next IDW Sonic release as well. So that episode, depending on like where you're listening to this, will either be out now or will be coming out very soon. And still, the same rules apply back when we did it in Archie. If you're a patron, you will get an unlimited amount of questions to ask. If you are a standard subscriber... You can ask one question, one question for us to answer on the YouTube uh, comment section. Yes, and we will answer it in kind uh, to the best of our abilities. Yes, and so to move forward in general, uh, we still want to give you some longer fair content. So we will be picking back up on the Sonic Talk Show 
for the Sonic games in general. The first real episode we'll do about that are going to be focusing on the classic games. Uh, as of the time of this recording, uh, Sonic Origins Plus is coming out relatively soon. So that'll be some perfect timing there, definitely. Yeah, um, we will do our best to cover different versions, uh, different version differences, the reason we're playing specific versions, um, and the general vibe and flow of what we want to talk about. It's still up in the air. We're trying to figure out the way that we want to format the Sonic Talk Show as a whole. But when we have that, we will get it to you. Yes. But that will be your long-form content for the foreseeable future alongside, you know, whenever the new Sonic Prime stuff drops, we're going to be doing the, another review podcast for that. Um, I would definitely like, once we are done watching the TV shows, uh, which you can follow along at on patreon.com slash Sonicspeed, to do a final review style discussion for those TV shows. You guys are not ready for us to talk about Sonic Underground. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even want that? Let's be real, guys. I mean, I mean, l l let's let's be real. I feel like we don't even commentate Sonic Underground. I feel like what we do is we straight up just watch all of it and are j and just we just go. Do you want to know what like us reacting to Sonic Underground is going to be? It's just going to be us mouth agape going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Kill me!" <laughs> I, I, I don't want to have to experience those songs. I mean, you know what we'll do? We'll we'll probably react to Friend or Foe, which is the one, it's the Knuckles episode. And that's the one that has some of the worst animation in the whole series. <laughs> Shout out to Joel, Six Feet Underground. <laughs> that's not that episode, but that- That's also a classic. That's also a classic. It's, it's, it's so funny. We will keep you updated on the intent for that. As of right now, that's it. The book's fucking closed. <laughs> book's closed. To give sort of a wider overview, it, generally speaking, of what the content for the month's basis is to look like, you will get one long-form episode in the form of the Sonic Talk Show. You'll get a review-style podcast of IDW Sonic. For our patrons, you'll get a React series slash recap kind of thing in the future of the sonic tv shows and yeah that's kind of it and for me considering that editing is going to be a lot lighter now i plan to bring back my twitch channel i streamed the murder of sonic the hedgehog when it came out so if you're not following i'll put a link down in the description box somewhere so if you are interested in following me on twitch i'll definitely be playing the sonic games in preparation for the sonic talk show so that's one thing we can do. Definitely when more Sonic content comes out and I guess more free flow off the cuff stuff wants to come out as well because I'm going to be real with you guys. I need to practice a little bit more with the free flow kind of discussion because I take hella notes for these podcasts and I want to get a little bit better at like off the cuff. Yeah, understandable. But I really... <sighs> This is crazy, man. We, we're, we, we've made it to the end. You know, I, I did not expect to be a part of this journey, but, you know, after, after reading those Knuckles issues. It was just like, no, I can't. The brain rot is real. I have to make this worth it. I have to dive deep. I really want to thank you for allowing me to be part of this journey. The comics were great. And I'm very interested to see what the, the future of, of IDW holds. The future of Sonic holds. We'll still be talking about this dumb blue fucking rat till the day we die. We're, For real. We're, we're, we're chained forever. For real. And hey, to speak real, let's be honest. I don't think this podcast would have been as high quality if you weren't on it, buddy. So... Thank you for bearing your soul for the internet. I I tried really hard to give good analysis on the stuff that really deserved that analysis. 
and I'm really happy with how some of our biggest episodes have come out. I'm a firm believer that the Penders content we produced was immaculate, uh, especially, you know, the lawsuit, the follow-up. I mean, that that's still our highest you know, viewed videos, and I, I feel like there's a very good reason for it. You know, me having a meltdown about Ken Penders quoting a Holocaust quote was, I, I, every once in a while I watch it just to laugh at how fucking absurd that shit is. You don't understand. I, you saw the, the Cybershell video, the, the two-hour Ken Penders podcast he did, right? Yes. I was so mad when I realized that there was more to that, that Ken Penders had tweeted in response to people giving him shit for the Holocaust plagiarism was that no one seemed to complain about me lifting from an FDR speech or a Mein Kampf quote and I was just like you know listen, what you listen, know what that's listen, it listen, I, I see that and I'm like you know what the green screen's coming down I've seen enough we're done <laughs> we're done it's over the green screen's coming down we're done yeah you've you've you, we're peeling back the curtain it's it's Jover uh, Joe Arreda um thank you so much for for listening thank you so much for watching we appreciate you all so much we will see you on the very first episode of the Sonic Talk Show, where we will be discussing the classic games. And before we go, a perfect timing, if I do say so myself. Another new patron has decided to join us. Asham Hat at $2 a month, my man. He and I are both in Asterios' Discord server, so I've gotten to know him a little bit. He and I both talk about IDW Sonic in there a lot. So, hey, I'm very happy to see you here, buddy. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Thanks for supporting us. With that being said, patreon.com slash sonicspeed, $2 a month, early episodes, bonus content, $5 a month, all that, and pre-show, and $15 a month, all that, and a video version of the podcast. You know that green screen I just pulled back? That's what that's for. Christ. <laughs> Signing off for the last time, at least as of this format, of the IDW Sonic Rundown. We will see you next time. He's got his songs faces I'll tell you that if Dad is Dr. Eggman With his evil divider and evil plans Eggman wants to conquer the world But the hedgehog won't let that go Whenever Sonic's anger explodes His enemies will meet the fury of his aggression and that will change anyone's perceptions about him What to see is what to get Just a guy to love adventures It's Sonic the Hedgehog And the rose can help to tell love for him Is there a superhero when she's his self-proclaimed girlfriend? He cannot escape her, but he will always save her Whenever something is up, some kind of danger And the story goes on, it's always super fine